I will feast at the table of the Lord. I will feast at the table of the Lord. I won't hunger anymore. Welcome to the table. You are listening to the Kingstown Communion podcast with lead pastor Michelle Matthews. The Kingstown Communion is a new United Methodist Church existing to gather people into communion with Jesus Christ through courageous conversation, creative community, and collaborating for the common good. We worship at Island Creek Elementary School, 7855 Morning View Lane, every Sunday at 10 a.m. For more information about upcoming events and opportunities to serve, visit our Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash Kingstown Communion. We're glad that you're listening along with us. If you live close by, we hope you'll join us for worship in person. And if you ever feel so inclined to help us by giving financially, you can do so on our website, kingstowncommunion.net. Josh, please come up and share your 
Good morning. Good morning. It is great to be here with you all today. I was honored to be invited from Pastor Michelle. We uh, both went to Duke and had some overlap there, so it's exciting to be able to come and be with you. I've heard so much about you, um, and so it's really a blessing to be with you today. Uh, as we begin, I want to start with a, a video. Actually, it was the first episode where Mr. Rogers shares this phrase that is the theme for the today, which is, I like you just as you are. So it's the first time he sings this song. Uh, so we'll watch that, and then we'll be on our way. Oh, I had a different one before. It was, it was kind of small, and I had it way up in the yard. So I was never able to show it to you. But this one I can't. How do you feel about new things? Sure. What about growing? You like to grow, don't you? That's sort of like going up and feeling different inside. Well, however you feel about it, I like you exactly as you are. I like you as you are. Exactly and precisely. I think you turned out nicely. And I like you as you are. I, I like you as you are. Without a doubt or question. Or even a suggestion. Because I like you as you are. I like your disposition. Your facial composition. And with your kind permission, I'll shout it to a star. I like you as you are. I wouldn't want to change you, or even rearrange you, not by far. Okay. I like you, I like I like you, yes I do, I like you, why I do, I like you, like you, and you are. Certainly do. It's hard to smile when you see a video like that and hear that simple yet such a profound message. Unfortunately, that phrase, I like you as you are, isn't one that we hear often enough. And it's maybe one that we don't share often enough with the people in our lives. We are inundated with messages that tell us that we're not good enough, that we need to be more, that we need to have more. I mean, just take a look at all the self-help books that are out there telling us we need to change and do this. Or even one scroll on social media, whether it's Facebook or Instagram. And you can see all the influencers that are out there trying to tell us that we need to be something different than we are. Whether we need to lose a little weight by this diet or by working out. Or whether we need to go on this trip and travel to see a remote destination that could change our perspective and lives. Whether it's need to buy this new gadget or these new clothes, we're constantly being told whether it might not be explicit, but it's intentional. That we need to change, that we need to improve, that we need to be different than who we have been created to be. 
And it's a slippery slope when we begin to buy in, to say, you know what, I do need a change here, I need a change here, I need to be more like that person, maybe I'll get more likes or more smiles, or be able to connect better with people if we begin to buy in. But before long, we slip into envy. We are always looking out to others and comparing others rather than being able to look in the mirror, as was done with the children today, and being able to say, I like you just as you are. We end up starting to put on filters as we are in different groups of people, with different friends, or maybe at work we have a certain filter on because we think this will be the one that will get us to success. Or we put on a filter with this friend group or with these family members. And before long, as we put on different filters, trying to be all things to all people, we end up losing ourselves. We end up losing ourselves along this journey of life. And this is one of the main reasons why uh, in our young people today, our students, which I get the, the pleasure to be able to work with at Randolph-Macon Academy, which is one of our uh, United Methodist schools that we have, only one of 13 high schools that we have. Uh, and so I get to work with them, and I see this a lot. Uh, students today suffer from all-time highs of anxiety. Uh, one in three young people, Gen Z, will experience high levels of anxiety, so much so that 50 years ago, those same levels of anxiety would have led them to, for people to want to institutionalize them because their anxiety was so high. And I think there are times when we too face that anxiety about who should I be and how can I be better? Am I good enough? It's something that always occasionally speaks to us in our ear. And I think maybe one of the problems is, is why we listen to those voices, is maybe we haven't heard the voice of Mr. Rogers enough or voices like it that say, I like you just as you are. I like you just as you are. You see, I think we have an identity crisis that's created from all of this need to, to be more and do more and to have more. And sometimes if we're not careful, we end up not heeding the words that Elsa was sung as a little girl. Spoiler alert for the new movie, right? Not too far or you'll be drowned. And many times we go down this path to try to make sure that people like us. And we try to be more and do more, but we end up drowning with self-pity and self-doubt along the way when we begin to compare and to try to be like others. I mean, just think about it. And I know we're, we're called to be neighbors, and this is part of this sermon series, is us learning how to be neighbors to others. And so when we might go out and we might introduce ourselves to a, a new neighbor to be able to invite them be able to come to church, what are the ways that we introduce ourselves? Most of the time it's with status, what we do, right? Where we live, where we work, maybe our family, maybe what hobbies that we do. And these are all the things that we do and either the status we've achieved by where we live or where we work or what our job is. But what if identity is much more than these things? that we have, things that we could post about? What if it's more? And maybe if we listen to the scriptural truth that Mr. Rogers is trying to convey to us in this simple yet powerful message that I like you just as you are, maybe we might hear and understand that identity is not something that we can achieve, but it's a gift to receive. I'm going to say that again. Identity is not something to achieve or earn or accomplish, 
but it's a gift to receive. So what is that gift? Well, let's start at the very beginning, a very good place to start. When you read, you begin with? ABC. But when you Bible, you begin with Genesis 1, 2, and 3. There you go. So we're going to start at the very beginning, right? The very beginning where we have two accounts of creation that talk to us about how God views us and who we are. Without all the filters. Who did God make us to be? And in Genesis 1, God says, let us make humans in our image and in our likeness. Everything else had already been created. God said, let there be light, boom. But before God creates us as humans, God has a little conference and says, let's, let's make humans in our image and likeness. And this is the gift that each person sitting beside you, behind you, and out in the community around us is given the gift of being created in the image of God. And what exactly does this mean? Well, John Wesley liked to think of it in a couple ways. He said that when Adam and Eve were originally created with this image of God, they were full of knowledge, right? They knew all that they needed to know, that they were full of love, right? God is love, but in the same way that they too would be about love. We also, that they had perfect freedom, that they had choice. You can't ever force someone to be in a relationship with you or to love you. So in the same way, uh, Wesley believes that each human was given this gift to choose to be able to love each other and to choose to be able to follow God or not. Because real love isn't forced. And so they're given this freedom to choose. And he also believed that they would be full of happiness. Because they were in paradise. They are able to walk and talk with God to be able to be in this beautiful garden. This is the foundation of who we are, to be full of knowledge, love, freedom, and happiness. This is what it was like before what we now call the fall. Now, one other thing about the image of God I think we need to understand, because we are in a society that is full of images, right? where we are able to take pictures of ourselves all the time. I think there's now such a thing called a slow fee. I don't know if you saw the commercials during the Super Bowl, right? Okay, right? We're obsessed with being able to take pictures of ourselves and images. But back in the day, right, when the scripture is first given to people, were they able to take slow fees? No, right? Or even a picture of one another, right? So the only, there were only a few things that actually had an image. And most of the time, those images were of the king that was in power, of whatever region, whether it's Egypt or Babylon, right? The, there were statues made, which would be an image of the king, uh, or maybe even a coin, but it always had an image of the king. And in, in those cultures that the Israelites and God's people lived in, they believed that the kings were actually representatives of the gods in that area. Whether it was in Egypt and Ra or Marduk and Babylon, they believed that the gods were, that they came down and were as kings. So the image was, the king was an image of God to them. So what a powerful move to go from the image of God is not just in a king, but the image of God is in each one of us. And each one of us get to be the representations of God on earth, to be able to care for God's creation. And that is powerful. That's a different way to view ourselves than we normally do. When all of this was created, God, God saw that it was very good. But notice God doesn't say it was perfect, and it was the end of the story, right? It's very good, 
But God did give them that gift of freedom. And Adam and Eve, they ended up choosing to turn from God. To eat of the forbidden fruit that they were not supposed to. And in doing so, brought into the world uh, suffering and pain and sin. And so this sin distorts this original image, right? this painting, this image of God. Now is distorted because of the darkness of sin. And it says that original sin now makes us as humans inclined towards evil. That's what it says. I know a lot of times we, we may talk about the discipline and what's in it and what's good and what's, what's not. But there are some uh, the articles of faith and what should we believe is a part of that. Uh, in the book of discipline, and so they share some things with us that I wanted to share with you today about original sin and about who we are. And so it says uh, that the condition of humans after the fall of Adam is such that, that a human cannot turn or prepare himself or herself by their own strength and works to faith. They can't do it on their own anymore, where they have no power to do good works even without the grace of God. So, without God's grace, we as humans, we are now inclined towards evil on our own. We're not able to do good on our own. We can't turn to God on our own. Because we made the choice and we are forever marked with this OG sin, right, that we have in our lives. So then the question is, well, are we good or are we, are we inclined to evil? Where do we stand on this? Can we truly say to one another, I like you just as you are? Well, there is a group of students, this comes from the book The Power of Moments, that uh, they were assigned by their teachers to have a trial. And they had a jury, and then they had witnesses brought before this trial. And the main question was, is humanity good or is humanity evil? So each student played a part in this trial, and they would dress up from key, as key figures from history and even beyond. So Mother Teresa might come, Gandhi might come before a trial and bear witness to whether humans were good or evil. Hitler would be a part, and even Darth Vader, right? They would bring to the witness stand to testify as to whether humans uh, were good or whether they were evil. So if we were able to call Mr. Rogers to the stand today, or even a, a person in our faith tradition, John Wesley, what would they say? Well, Mr. Rogers would clearly say, I like you just as you are. Goodness is the bedrock of who we are. I think John Wesley would have a little bit of a nuanced answer, right? And how Methodist of he right to have a both-and answer, right? <laughs> right? To be able to say, we are good, right? We are made in the image of God. And also, we have original sin, right? And we can't do this on our own. So where does that leave us? Well, thankfully, we're not left to our own devices. But God gives us grace. Grace before we even asked for it or were aware of it. Grace from the moment that we were born. That we cannot on our own respond to God. So God makes up the gap for us through God's love in Jesus Christ. That from the moment we are born, that we receive this grace, whether we ask for it or not. Where we can say yes to God. Where we can do good. It's not of our own doing. We are just humans, made in God's image, not God. And so God gives us this gift, this gift of grace to be able to choose, to be able 
to respond to God's love. You see, God does love us just the way that we are. But he loves us too much to leave us that way. He wants us to grow in grace. Not just to simply say yes and to turn and realize that we are good, but then to grow to be more like God, to be more like Jesus Christ. That way we might be able to reach out to others and then to be able to look them in the eye and say, God loves you just like you are. And I do too. So then the question becomes, I think maybe you had this in the back of your mind as I started, is like, well, is it okay to change? And of course it is, right? We are, called, we are supposed to change, right? But we can't get uh, the cart uh, before the horse, right? I think the first thing we have to realize and come to understand is that God loves us just the way we are. That we are good, we are made in God's image, and yes, we are prone to sin, yes, we are prone to make mistakes, but the first thing that we have there is that we are loved by God. And that God loved us so much that he sent his son Jesus to die for us. That way we might be on this journey of being able to have the image of God that was tainted by sin restored. So this statement, I like you as you are by Mr. Rogers, is not a condemnation of, of people changing and growing. Right? He even says that in the beginning, right? You're changing, you're growing, but I like you just as you are. So we are called to grow and improve to be more like Jesus. But I think if we're going to truly change in a way that is helpful and impactful and a change that lasts, we have to hold on to this foundation first, that God likes us just as we are, that we are good. If we try to change out of a place of shame or guilt, uh, which might have its place at times, Right, if we, that, that's the only mode that we change out of, I'm not good enough, I'm not good enough, I'm not good enough, so I've got to try to be better, we're going to continually fall back into that voice. We're going to hear that voice, I'm not good enough, I'm not good enough, rather than the one that says, I like you just as you are. And I want to share a story with you uh, of a student I was blessed to be able to work with uh, while I was at the academy. And this student really struggled with their past. Really did not understand who they were. And because of this, this would lead at times to some self-harm and not the ability to smile. They felt that every time that they smiled, it was fake. It was a show. They could not smile on their own. I remember just being able to sit with this student and try to be able to look at them and be able to, in different words, but basically try to say, I like you just as you are. God made you. God loves you. And this student uh, I invited to come to our, what we call the beacon. It's like our youth group, our Bible study that you might have. Uh, and came once, and then afterwards asked, can I help serve communion? And I was like, well, there's no requirements necessarily to help serve communion. But this student, I said, yeah, let's do this. So this student came and started helping out in chapel, and then asked to be part of confirmation which it's awesome that you have four students that are going through confirmation. We do that as well at, at RMA because our students are boarders, so they don't have the opportunity to go through at a home church like yours. And so this student goes through confirmation, and the transformation that this student went through was beautiful. To be able to see that they went from a place where they didn't like themselves and felt that every smile was fake to being smiling all the time. Right? Because they begin to realize that God loved them just as they were. That they were a child of God, a person of worth. We talk about this at the academy, we call them Cogpow, right? I think of those old Batman movies with the pow, bang, right? But <laughs> Cogpow, right? Child of God, person of worth. Child of God, person of worth. And as this student began to see themselves, 
not through the lens of others or not through the lens of their past, but started to see themselves first as a child of God, as a person of worth, that's when the transformation started to happen. And it was beautiful to see this transformation. The whole school was able to witness to this transformation that God is able to do when we realize that we are made in God's image and that we are called to so much more. Now the student is off in college and, and studying to be able to give back to others. And it's truly a beautiful they went back and joined a lump, their home church back where they were, and it's just is truly a beautiful story of how that simple message of I like you just as you are can change lives. And I think that this is the message that we first need to receive in ourselves. Right? God calls us to love God and to love your neighbor as yourself. So if you're going to love others and to be able to communicate this truth that I like you just as you are, you have to first look in the mirror and be able to hear that voice. The voice of God, the voice of the Holy Spirit speaking to you, saying, I like you just as you are. You are good. You are made in the image of God. To be able to receive that and learn to love ourselves, which can be hard at times. And then out of that, we are invited to then say that same truth to one another. But I think too, too often, as we try to be neighbors to others, what we end up doing is rather than being a neighbor, we end up being a judge. It's really easy to be able to look and see someone else and being able to say, oh yeah, that person's got that wrong with them. And if, man, if they weren't like that, that would go better in their life. Or if they would only do this one thing or get over this one thing or get out of that one relationship. It's, all, it's always easy to be able to see it in other people than it is yourself, right? And so too often what we end up doing is we become the judge rather than the neighbor. And rather than communicating, I like you just as you are, it's like, I like you if you would change this or do this differently or treat me better. And so it's really hard for us. It's kind of innate for us to do that at times. Again, we're inclined to evil without God's grace. And so uh, maybe this was best summed up uh, in this wedding where uh, the bride was really nervous and uh, she wasn't sure that she could like even like focus to get down uh, to the groom that was waiting there. And so... Uh, the wedding coordinator said, all right, just, just focus on one thing at a time, right? Focus on, on the aisle, right? Then focus on the altar, and then focus on him, right? And so as the bride's coming down, she says, aisle, altar, him. Aisle, altar, him. And then so the groom gets this look of terror, like, oh my goodness, here we go, right? I'm about to get changed, right? And a lot of times, obviously that's a funny way to be able to put it, but a lot of times we might enter into relationships with the hopes we might change someone. But that's not what we're called to do. Right? We're not called to be judges, we are called to be neighbors and to love. And I think this is best put by Paul in the book of Romans. You see that first chapter, Paul has this laundry list of sins, right? From not honoring your parents, to being jealous, to murder, to lying, to being envious, right? And I assume all of us could raise our hand at one point on one of those things, right? And he has this laundry list of things. And basically he says, if you said amen to any of those about somebody else doing one of those things, you are just as guilty. Judge not in the manner in which uh, you will be judged in the same way that you judge others. And so what Paul is saying to us, it's like a sting operation, right? He sets everyone up to be like, yeah, those people, Paul. Yeah, you tell those people, Paul. But then he turns it right back on the reader. And says, if you judge anyone or you thought of any person that does that, it's on you as well. You too are guilty of that sin. And it is only by God's grace that all people 
regardless of what they, mistakes they might make in their life. That all people are invited into this relationship. God's grace is for all. And so we need to learn from this sting operation that Paul gives that it's not our job to judge. It's our job to love. It's our job to be a neighbor. Now, yeah, there may be some room within a relationship that's based on I like you as you are to be able to have room for some healthy conversations about how to improve and be able to iron sharpens iron at times, right? But that comes out of the foundation of relationship and love, not out of wanting to simply change someone else or make them better. How many people are outside of these walls have only heard those words of judgment or shame or guilt? Maybe why they're not sitting here today. So I think it's on us as the people of God that we have heard this message from God that says, I like you as you are. And so in the same way, we are called to go out, not to just the people we like or the people that looks like us or went to school like us or work at the same place like us, but all people to be able to look at them in the eye like Mr. Rogers did to us today and say, I like you just as you are. What if we could go and we could live a life that was unfiltered? Or we weren't trying to be things that we weren't, but just be who God made us to be. And be able to look at other people with that same power. Be able to say, be who God made you to be. Amen? Amen. Let us pray. Holy and gracious God, we are thankful for your son Jesus. Who did not consider equality to stay with God, to be able to stay in heaven, but came down to us. To be able to look us in the eye and to be able to say to each of us, I like you just as you are. I made you and I love you. May we receive those words in our hearts that we might know that we are children of God, that we are cogpal, children of God and people of worth in our own hearts. And out of that place receive God's grace that comes to us without even asking to be able to receive it and be on the path of growing to be more like Jesus. So that way we can then go to others and be able to look them in the eye and say, God loves you just as you are and so do I. And there's a place that we can gather together at Kingstown Communion, at an elementary school where we can be able to experience this power, where we can see this transformation. So God, I pray that you would empower each of us be able to go out to declare these words of truth, these words of transformation. God, I want to pray for our community, as I know that we all have people that are hurting and suffering and difficulty and challenge. So God, I pray that we might be able to be lights in the midst of the brokenness and darkness that we experience, that we can work towards having the image of God restored in us, and that we might be able to work towards having God's kingdom come on this earth as it is in heaven. God, we are thankful for all that you do for us. And so now I invite all of us to pray the prayer that Jesus taught us to pray as children of God. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. It is not temptation, Deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever and ever.
that you are. I love the way He made your precious heart. Be kind to yourself. Be kind to yourself. No, it's hard to hear it. The anger in your spirit is pointing like an arrow at your chest. When the voices in your mind are anything but kind, you can't believe your father knows best. I love you just the way that you are. I love the way he's shaping your heart. Be kind to yourself. How does it end when the war that you're in is just you against you against you? You learn to love, learn to love, learn to love your enemies too. Can't expect to be perfect to fight you got a forfeit. Belong to me, whatever you do. So lay down your weapon, darling, take a deep breath. Believe that I love you. Be kind to yourself. Be kind to yourself. Be kind to yourself.